What is up, everybody? It's Brandon back with you at Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm bringing you the next episode of Magic Mondays. Last week, it was a blast. Thank you so much for everyone that tuned in last week. Thank you so much for all the love, all the support on episode one of Magic Mondays. And once again, this is all about me just diving deeper into not only my fandom of the Orlando Magic, but just my fandom of the NBA, the game of basketball in general, and the whole sport of it. And look, man, I know it's Monday, typically phrased as overreaction Monday, but the Magic are currently fourth in the East right now at a 4-2 and two record. Coming off a road trip, we split it 2-2, two and two, lost both games at the Staples Center to the Lakers, to the Clippers. We will get into that. Um, obviously, we beat the Trailblazers in that game I mentioned last week in the first game of that road stand. Then we came back home and booty smacked the Lakers at Amway. Got a little bit of payback for that L that they handed us on the road. Close close game, though. Only lost by three, 103 to 106. And we're going to transition right on into that game. And, yeah, I actually I, – Last week when I was recording the first episode, that game was actually live, and I was mentioning a little bit about that, because I think as I was recording, the game had hit halftime, and the Magic were actually winning, I believe, so I gave like a little live update, but obviously, we have come to find out that it did not stay that way, and the Magic, like I just stated, took a three-point loss, but they did cover the spread. I believe LA was favored by four or four and a half in this game, but... I mean, overall, it was just, it wasn't even the LeBron and AD show. It was the D'Angelo Russell and AD show. D'Angelo Russell had 28 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. AD had, um, I'm sorry, 28 points, 8 assists, 2 rebounds. AD had 26 points, 19 rebounds, 5 assists. And, I mean, honestly, it started right away in the fourth, uh, first quarter, excuse me. Um, Russell threw a lob to AD. Russell was making plays all over the place. AD was making jump hooks in the first quarter. Like, like I said, we were up at halftime, but right away, it was you were able to tell early on that D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Davis, they both came to play, and and unfortunately, and that ended up being the case. D'Angelo Russell bursted off for fucking twelve points in the fourth quarter, and it was just one of those games where I mean we were. That wasn't the Lakers at their best, but I mean, I think our top scorer that game was, yeah, our top scorer that game was Gary Harris with 17 points. I mean, Paulo Bancaro had a very, very poor game, and it was just one of those games where if Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner have one of their 20-point games that we're going to be accustomed to seeing a lot throughout the season, we win this game. And we actually saw that this past Saturday when they came back home to Orlando and we smacked them in the ass. I will get into that. But, look, if you're the Lakers, you're not walking away after this victory at home against the Orlando Magic squad where their top scorer was Gary Harris with 17 points. You're not walking away with, with a lot of optimism and a lot of positivity. I mean, a win's a win. They're obviously going to take that every time. But you're not walking away from that game like, damn, I feel really good about this Lakers team. I feel really good about that performance where, like I just said, if Franz Wagner or Paulo Bancaro gets one of their 20-point games, 
That's a different result. Nine times out of ten. It really is. But one thing I, I like this I that I did enjoy seeing this game was Cole Anthony showing a little bit more improvement on his three point shot on some of his range. He's been known to hit a couple big three pointers when it comes down to it, but when it comes to consistency and seeing him be a liable threat behind the three point line, we have not seen that throughout his career. And he was putting up some shots and taking some shots from deep three-point range, and they were going in. And I'm like, okay, I, that's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on throughout the rest of the season. We can just only hope that, you know, it continues. Um, back to Gary Harris, though. Gary Harris has been a huge, huge positive for us. Now, he is injured right now. I believe it's a groin. I will get into that. But I, I, I think they're just taking it day-to-day -day right now because they only listed him as out for the last couple games not like out for said weeks you know they haven't put a timetable that's just been going like game by game pretty much but he's another player i touched on last week he's been on our team for a couple years now maybe even longer i believe we acquired him when we sent aaron gordon off to denver and he just never got in i know there were some injury problems and his fitness and whatnot but he just and i knew he was a good player i've seen the talent i followed him in college just never really seem to pan out but then this year he's getting some minutes he's getting some play times and I mean we're seeing the talent he has and we're seeing the production that he can give us and it's it's been benefit it it's been beneficial excuse me and yes he was at the last two games but I mean he's averaging right around eight points a game right now two rebounds one one and a half assists but look He's still barely even getting any play time. Um, he's averaging 17, 18 minutes right now. So he's playing on there. Uh, he's playing on the court with Cole Anthony when Cole Anthony's getting his six-man minutes. And we're seeing him benefit from it. But, I mean, are we going to see that grow to, you know, above 10 points a game? I think it's possible. I think it really is possible. I mean, that game against the Jazz, he was sort of non-existent, 0 for 2 from the field one assist I think that's the game that he ended up getting hurt so obviously it wasn't himself um, but he was coming off a good Lakers game and you know it's just it was just a sign of promise nothing that I was gonna like be like okay this guy's gonna be a game changer for us this season but he's been a positive for us and you hate to see him get injured because like I said we haven't been able to see what he can do from us for us I mean but we've known the talent and the production that he could bring to the table and you know, he's just, he's quick. The ball moves fast. The game moves fast whenever he's on the court, whenever he has his hands on the ball. And he can hurt you from three, and he can hurt you driving to the uh, driving to the paint and dishing it out or even taking it himself. You know, he's a gritty player, and he works hard, and he's a good locker room guy. That's what, sort of why we have him. But he is what he is. Not going to be any more, any less from him. But I just wanted to give him a big shout-out because he's been a positive so far from us. But... One thing that also did catch my eye was, or I, that I did take away from this was our youth did show in this game. I feel like if this was more of an experienced team, maybe like three, four years down the line, we win this game. We were up 103 to 101 with a minute 46. A minute 46 left in the game. We were up by two points, 103 to 101, and we lost this game 106 to 103. We didn't score a single point in the last two minutes. All we needed to make was two buckets, and we ended up winning this game. But that just shows our youth. That just shows our inexperience and lack of veteran presence presence, or just 
having that guy that can just step up and gather the troops and just either make that play himself or put someone in the right position to make that play and put them ahead, you know. And against a team like the Lakers with AD, LeBron, and the guys that they have, that's just not going to work if you don't have that guy. You know what I'm saying? But we did see a lot of heart. We did see a lot of fight, a lot of grit from this team. And it was a game that we were in the entire way. It really was. You know, if it wasn't for uh, D'Angelo Russell take over in the fourth quarter and a lot of other things that I keep saying and a lot of big ifs, this game goes a completely different way. And we ended up seeing that come to fruition in that game I'm going to get into here shortly um, this past Saturday night. But another cold night from Paulo in this game. Minus 12, um, 4 for four, or four for 14 from the field, only 9 points. Just not a good game from Paulo and... Like I said, he was off to a slow start last week. Sort of off to a slow start. This er, Continued that slow start this past, leading into these past two games against the Clippers, against the Lakers. But I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to get into it, but against the Jazz, against the Lakers back at home, he is erupted, and it looks like he is back, and he is ready to go. I cannot wait to see him keep doing that. I can't wait to get into that as well. But let me not jump ahead. The match still had five players with ten or more points in this game. You'd like to see that. It just goes back to me touching on what I said last week. It's like this is a this is a team that has a lot of chemistry. There's a lot of good chemistry on this team. They understand one another. They're bought into what Jamal Mosley is feeding them, and they like to get everybody involved. Everybody on this team is a producer, and everybody on this team knows their strengths, knows their weaknesses, and Jamal Mosley is able to put each player in said position to leverage those strengths. And to avoid those weaknesses. I mean, Mo Wagner is producing left and right. 10 points, 13 points, 13 points in the last three games. Efficient as well. He can knock down a three. He can drive to the rim with a slam. He can play defense too. You know, it's like that all around. Jalen Suggs. I mean, even Markel Fultz now has been put in position time and time again when he's been on the court with the Magic to get the best out of them and have a chance to revitalize his career. Um, even Goga Baditse, I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to learn his name by next week's episode because he's a stud. He got his first start this past um, night against the Lakers. I'll get into it, but he's a stud. We're seeing him produce now. He had a double-double the other night in his first start. You know, that's what the Magic about. That's that culture that we have, and... Every game's going to be competitive and a tough out for the Magic due to this team play and due to the way that they play defense as well. Everyone's bought in and everyone knows their role and can play in their role. But, I mean, one thing that I also did see that was a positive in this game that I want to see more consistency with was the three-point shot. We shot 40% from the three-point line in this game, which was great, but we only shot 40% from the field from, like, from the from the twos and just the field in general yeah I'm, I'm just showing how much of a casual i kind of am with basketball but i'm getting there i promise you i'm getting there i just gotta learn the terminology a little bit better but we only shot 40 percent from the field in general which is not good usually you want to see that above 50 percent but from the three-point line to shoot 40 percent nine times out of ten you're gonna win that game the Lakers shot 55% from the field, so that was a big difference in that as well. Even the points in the paint battle, it, that's what it really came down to. Just a small little nitty-gritty details in this game 
is what gave the Lakers the advantage. We lost the points in the paint battle. We lost the field goal battle. Things like that, which this Magic team usually predicates themselves on winning, didn't go their way that night, and we saw the result of it. But like I said, it's not a game that you just hang your hat on too much. One, if you're a Lakers fan, a game that you don't hang your head down if you're a, if you're a Magic player, if you're a Magic fan. I mean, you went into L.A., into Staples Center, and you just about knocked off the Lakers on the road. Then moving on, the very next night, Halloween night, Orlando in the same stadium, or the same arena, I'm sorry, matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers. And this game, I don't know, man. There was just no no energy, no fight from the start in this Magic team. And I know that's what they've been big on all season so far and all of last season, ever since Jamal Mosley got there. But I think they just... This is one of those games where they were just mentally and physically checked out. I mean, they just had to fly to Portland, play a game in Portland, then come, come back to L.A., play a game there in the very next night, play in the same building. And then they got to travel back to Utah the very next day. I think, I think they were just a little bit winded, a little bit tired, and that one extra day of rest that they did not get kind of caught up to them. And this is a very good Clippers team that has not even played six games yet, I don't think. And Paul George erupted that night. I mean, we lost 118 to 102. It was a huge third quarter by the Clippers, outscoring the Magic by 20. Um, they were on a 26 to 6 run at one point, continuing from the second quarter. And it was one of those games where the Clippers got ahead early, the Magic couldn't catch up, and the veteran talent and experience and the players that they have on. Los Angeles side of things with Russell, with Paul George, Kawhi, it just ended up being too much. The Magic couldn't come back, you know. It just it was one of those things where, look, the Magic were not expected to win that game, and it showed. But, I mean, to only lose by 16, that's not terrible. But this is one of those games where I'm just kind of sweeping it under the rug. I, I really am. If it wasn't for that huge third quarter where they outscore us by 20, this game's a lot closer, but, I mean, a lot of this episode so far has been predicated on a lot of what-ifs. Can't be doing that for much longer. <laughs> but, just once again, we're seeing that inconsistency from the three-point line, bro. Like, the very night before, in that same building, you just shot 40% from the three. I think your best performance of the season so far, if not one of, in the very next night, you only shoot 23% from the three. That's the difference. If we would have shot 23% from the three the last the previous night against the Lakers, we would have lost that game by 15, 16 points as well. That just shows you the difference and how important it is to make the three-point shot in today's game of basketball. You know, and we're struggling to find that consistency. When it comes to points in the paint, when it comes to mid-rangers, we have that. That's our bread and butter. We know that. But we got to see Cole Anthony. We got to see... Joe Ingles, Franz Wagner, Paulo Bancaro, get better shooting the three-point ball, get more consistent shooting the three-point ball. But, I mean, it was another one of those games where our leading scorer only had 15 points, and that was Bonchero. Like that's that's not going to win you games, man. That's just that's not, but like I said, it's one of those one-off games, the games I'm going to sweep under the rug, and I'm not really going to dive into it too much and to hold a lot of weight on it, you know, because, look, this Clippers team is, they have the third highest odds 
to win the NBA title right now. They're a great team. Now, come playoff time, we'll only see if it'll pan out or not because I don't, I don't think the team's ever even been to or out of the Western Conference Finals. You know, so they're like, um, damn. I guess they're kind of like the Cowboys, maybe? Nah, let me not go there. Let me not go there. But I really don't have much else to say about this game. Besides, I'm just going to sweep it under the rug, and I'm not going to hang my hat on it too much, especially considering that a couple nights later, we flew into Utah, wrapped up the four-game road stint with a huge, huge bounce-back win by two points <laughs> over the Utah Jazz. And once again, we did cover the spread. The Magic are 5-1 and one against the spread this season so far throughout the first six games. Would you like to see that if you're a betting man and I'm a betting man and the Magic have been making me some money, baby? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I just get a little excited when I win some money, man. Who doesn't? But moving on, like I said, Orlando comes in to Utah, wraps up the four-game road stint, and gets a big bounce-back W against the Jazz. And look, these two teams are sort of in the same position right now. Obviously, the West is a lot better, a lot more competitive than the East. And like I was saying, like you can predict this Magic team to be like a top six and even a playoff or a play-in tournament team for the playoffs. In the West, the Jazz, nobody would say this team could fight for like the top five, top six, top seven, you know. And their ceiling would really honestly be the play-in tournament. But they have a great team. Not, not a great team, but they have some very, very solid individual players. Lori Markinen, um, Colin Sexton. That's, that's no slouch of a uh, Utah Jazz team. And especially playing in Utah, those fans, they care. Those Mormons don't fuck around over there when it comes to their basketball. I don't know what it is about it. Um, Walker Kessler as well, one of the better rookies from last season. Jordan Clarkson, we all know about him. John Collins. That's that's a very, very formidable, very solid Utah Jazz team. Yes, they're 2-5. and five. Um, They just lost. They're losing to the Bulls right now, as I speak, by 17 in the fourth quarter. Um, 14th in the Western Conference. But they're one of those teams, man. They're going to – they're going to – they're either going to just beat they're, – they're one of those teams like the Washington Commanders. They're going to beat like the Dallas Mavericks, the Boston Celtics on just some random night, but then they're going to get blown out by the Detroit Pistons or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's really weird, but that's, that's sort of how they are. But, you know, this game, we needed it. And not only did we need this game, we needed the performance that we saw from Paulo Bancaro, goddammit. Finally, finally he erupts and has given us what we've been waiting for. 30 points. Huge, huge clutch bucket that ended up being the deciding bucket late in the fourth quarter to get the dub for the Magic. And that's what we've been scratching for so far this season. Yes, it's still early. But, look, I'm one of those fans that I'm probably raising the expectations a little bit higher than they should be. But, God damn it, that's what I do. I, I'm in love with this duo, Franz Wagner, Paulo Bencaro, and this is what I've been waiting for. 30 points from P5, and it was overall just a great, great game, fueled by a huge second quarter by the Magic. It was a very even, very back-and-forth game, but to get this W, to wrap up the road tri trip with a 2-2 two and two vit uh, two and two record, I'll take that. With both those losses being at, at the Staples Center to the Lakers and to the Clippers, I will take that. I, I really will. Um, Paulo ended up finishing with 30 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, or three steals, I'm sorry, and two blocks. 
Now, his plus minus was still minus five. That's one thing I've been keeping my eye on throughout these first six games with Paulo, and he's been in the minus, I think, in every game except one or two. So that's something that's interesting, and I'm going to be keeping my eye on that. Franz Wagner also popped off with over 20 points, finished with 21, four rebounds, five assists, four steals as well, and plus eight. Um, then three Utah players, this caught my eye, three Utah players finished with 20-plus points. That's what I'm saying. Like They have the talent on this team. They have the players that can erupt for 20 points night in and night out easily. I just I don't think they work well as a team. And when it comes down to it, they're just they're just out talented by a lot of what's out there in the West. I mean, they really are. But I mean, like I said, you look at Lori Malkin and you look at John Jordan Clarkson, John Collins, Walker Kessler, Colin Sexton. They got some ballers on that team, man. And this was one of those games where they sort of all came to play. You know, three players with twenty plus points, and the Magic still got the dub. And Paulo Bancaro sort of just showed off his BDE and was a big reason that we got this dub. Um, I want to finish the recap of this game off by giving a huge, huge shout-out to Anthony Black, our first um, our first overall pick in this year's draft. And this kid is going to be a fucking stud. Now, I'm going to give you his stat line from this game against Utah, but then I'm going to follow it up with his stat line against the Lakers, and it's going to be even better. And you're going to understand why. I feel like this kid is going to be a fucking stud. Kid out of Arkansas. Kid with fucking fluffy, poofy hair. Nice little afro, bro. I love it. Finished this game with four for four from the field. Nine points, three rebounds, one assist, two steals. And like I said, I've been keeping my eye on this stat a lot, and I'm going to throughout the entire season. Plus seven in the plus minus category. That's huge from a rookie. But that's, that's all I have for this game. Like I said, very good, hard-fought team win. Paulo Bancaro erupting for 30 points. Franz Wagner getting 21. That duo combining for 51 total points, 10 assists, 7 steals between the two as well. That's what we want to see. That's what we know we have in this Orlando Magic squad, in this Orlando Magic duo. And we can only hope to see this more throughout the season. But moving on, this is the game I was really, really looking forward to getting into the most in this episode. This past Saturday night, November 4th, my buddy Brandon Waiter's birthday. Shout out to you, my man. I hope you enjoyed that night. The Orlando Magic at home welcomed the Los Angeles Lakers to a nice ass whooping, if you will. The late show? No, the shit show. That's what it was, baby. The Magic just flat out dominated this game, start to finish. They really did, honestly. Franz Wagner, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. P5, Paulo Bencaro, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. P5 got his first double-double of the year, baby. He's true to this. He's not new to this, goddammit. Jalen Suggs, nutmeg the fuck out of D'Angelo Russell for a nice assist, man. We out-rebounded them 51-40. to 40. Another three players on the Lakers scored 20-plus points. Doesn't matter? No. How you doing? Keep it moving, goddammit. Orlando dominated, honestly, 75% of this game. Really, they did. P5, going back to that plus and minus stat. Finally, some positives from it. Plus 23, Goga Bidatse, plus 27. Jalen Suggs, plus 26. Then, like I said, you were waiting on this. I said, wait till I get to this Anthony Black stat from this game. Anthony Black got his first start with the Markel Fultz injury. Got his first start this game. 
plus 32. He was plus 32 in this game, bro. That is crazy. Paulo Bantero even said in the post-game conference, he dropped the word shit. He's like, I mean, shit. Plus 32 from this guy is crazy in this game, man. Anthony Black is going to be a stud. That's against the Los Angeles Lakers, too, of all, of all teams. The Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah, not to mention, finished with 11 points on 4-for-6 shooting. 2-for-3 from the three-point line. 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Dude, this kid's going to be a baller, man. And he's only 19 years old. 19 years old. 6'7", 200 pounds, the number 6 overall pick. Coming out of Duncan Bill, Texas. 5-star recruit, one of the top players in the 2022 class. Anthony Black, my man, take a bow. Hopefully, you're out there and you're going to hear this one day. But, I mean, dude, I cannot wait to see this kid continue to grow and continue to show what he can do, man. I think the Magic got to steal with this kid. And, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what ends up happening going forward with the guards on this team. You know, think about it. We have Markel Fultz, Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, all at the point guard position. You would have to think one of those guys is due to go after this season. My pick would be Jalen Suggs. Or maybe we move one of them to the two. I know that's sort of how they've been played. Like all four of those guys can play the two, and it's sort of been done at different points. But honestly, I think it might be time to move on from Jalen Suggs after the season, especially if Anthony Black continues to emerge the way that he has. You know, like we're just so deep at the guard position, man, and we can use those roster spots to bolster other positions at the forward, at the center position. And, you know, that's, that's just something I'm going to be keeping my eye on come the end of this season. But like I said, watch out for Jalen Suggs. I think that would be the guy that ended up getting moved. That would be my pick to have any one of those guys get moved. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Anthony Black got his first start in this Lakers game. Goga Bidatse. I'm going to say Bidatse until I figure out how to – as his name got his first star got a double double 10 points 10 rebounds um the, the magic also led by 25 points at one point in this game man but the biggest stat to me in this game was the fact that we had four players that had 20 or higher in the plus minus category had plus 20 or higher in the plus minus category and those four that i listed off man and the fact that we went up against another opponent that had three players with 20-plus or more points, and we beat them. Usually that doesn't happen, man. But, I mean, pretty much in every statistical category, the Magic got the upper hand and dominated the Lakers in this game, man. And you like to see that. You like to see that. And I know that night at Amway, the Magic crowd showed up and showed out, and that place was loud. That place was electric. And Magic Nation definitely did their part. Now... I also have three stars of this week that I'm going to give out to you guys. And this is something I'm going to be doing week to week as a segment on the show. It's just my three stars of the week. You know, they have like three stars after a hockey game or whatever it might be. Uh, these are my three magic stars, if you will. I and maybe I'll do my, my three stars. Then I'll have like number one of those top three will be my magic star. How about that? That's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, starting out with these three stars going right back to him that number six overall pick Anthony Black in the last two games 
He has 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, plus 39, and he's shooting 83% from the field, baby. And now he's played in three games officially in the last week, but he only had like four minutes in that Clippers game. You know, it was the Jazz game and the Lakers game. He really got some play time and got involved. And I just listed off those stats for you. That's impressive as fuck from a rookie, especially when one of those games was his first career start. My second star of the week, the Mo Wagner. Not the Wagner brother that you'd be thinking of, but Mo Wagner in his last three games. 36 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, and he's shooting 63% from the field. He's leading our team right now in field goal percentage, bro. This dude is a stud, man. And he's just a perfect complement to his brother, Franz Wagner, as well, man. They can both do it all. They're both just German studs. And the fact that I have a lot of German heritage and a lot of German blood in me as well just makes it even better. It, honestly, it really does, bro. It I'm just, I'm so happy, and I love the fact that we get to witness this nice brother tandem and what they bring to just the Magic community, the Magic fan base, on and off the court. I, I, I really do. And they're both good, solid producers for this team as well. It's not like they're both scrubs, or one's really good and one's not, you know? And to round it off, my Magic Star of the Week, Apollo P5. Boncaro, the last two games, he's averaging 27.5 points. He's shooting 65% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. His stat line over the last two games, 55 points, 16 rebounds, 15 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks. He is him, and him is here. And him is here to stay, goddammit. A lot of what I was saying last week is this guy needs to get going. This guy needs to get going. I've even said it a lot in the start of this episode. And man, oh man, did this motherfucker get going, baby. This is what I like to see, goddammit. Honorable mention, Franz Wagner, 23.5 points per games over his last two games. And he's really been balling, and he's been our most consistent player so far this season as well. Now, I just need him to keep that consistency. I need Paulo Bancaro to join him on that consistency. Cole Anthony keeps doing what he's doing in the six-man spot. I'm telling you, man, this team... They're going to be competitive. This team is going to be a dangerous, sneaky threat in this Eastern Conference, goddammit. Now, following up the three stars and the Magic Star every week, I'm going to have another segment on this show, and that's going to be called the Magic Munch of the Week. Shout out to Ice Spice and all you munches out there. You know, I'm not a munch myself, but if you're a munch, I'm not going to judge. Everybody has control over their own life choices, but... It's pretty fitting. This Magic Munch of the Week award is going to be weekly. It's going to go to either the Magic player or the aspect, I guess, of this team. Like, say, if I can't really find a player that stands out to me and really, like, was that bad or deserving of Magic Munch of the Week, say there's, like, a statistical category or a moment that's going to fill in for that Magic Munch of the Week. And this week, I sort of have two and one because I was sort of torn – on this individual player I was going to pick for Magic Munch of the Week. But then I also thought, like, damn, this statistical category has been so inconsistent. I've been touching on it a lot, and you can probably already guess what it is. It's our fucking three-point shooting, goddammit. One game, it's 20%. One game, it's 40%. It's just so inconsistent. And the games that we're losing, it's not solely because of our inability to shoot the three ball. It's just one of the few reasons why, and it's just... 
fucking hard to watch, man. And, and it's, it's one thing because, honestly, you could argue that the three-point shot is a part of the magic way. It's what we've seen in Orlando for years and years and years, you know? From Hito Turkoglu to J.J. Redick, bro, to Jason Richardson, Vince Carter, T-Mac, Penny Hardaway, Ryan Anderson, bro. We've had snipers on this team time and time again. We've been known for big men and three-point shots. That's what we've been known for. And it's just it, it's hard to watch. But the player that I had to round out this sort of like two-in-one magic munch, the first edition of the magic munch of the week, Jalen Suggs. It hurt me to do it. It really did. I was giving this guy a lot of credit last week. He had a hot start the first two or three games. But, man, he's sort of fallen off hard these last couple games. Now, he's still been producing. He put up a good amount of points. He put up a great game against the Clippers, I believe it was, or against the Lakers, one of those two games. Not great, but great for Jalen Suggs' standards. It was like 14 points, 8 rebounds, like 5 assists or something. He was all over the place. But, I mean, this dude is only shooting 27% from the fucking free throw. Or not free throw. That'd be fucking terrible. Holy shit. This dude's only shooting 27% from the from the three line, bro. Like, his last three games, he's one for seven from the three-point line, bro. Um, it was against the Lakers, yeah. He had 15 points, eight rebounds, two assists. I'm sorry. But he was still only three for seven from the three in that game. And his last four games, he's four for 14 from the three-point line. Six points, nine points, four of 11 shooting, one of seven shooting. I mean, he had four steals one game. That's that's all right. But, dude, he is not shooting good, good, bro. He's only averaging 10 points, which is right around what he did last year and lower than what he did as a rookie. I mean, this was a fifth overall pick, man. This was a fifth overall pick. And he's shooting 36% from the field, 27% from three. He's leading the team in steals with right under two steals, man. But he's... He's getting back towards his career his career lows in, in shooting, you know. And I'm not going to be too harsh on him because he only shot 21% from the three his rookie year, then raised it all the way back up to 32 last year. And now we're sort of flirting right in between. But like I said, he wasn't even really playing that terrible. But they just it, I couldn't find anybody that did, I guess, worse than he did. I mean, he was... 5 for 18 in the last two games. Hasn't made a 3 in his last two games. You know, and he's turned the ball over. He had that nice little nutmeg assist against the Lakers. But that's pretty much it. So, might be a little harsh. But I didn't want to have the first Magic Munch of the week edition. Not have a player in it, you feel me? But kudos to Jalen Suggs. Let me crown you with the Magic Munch of the week. The first ever. Magic Munch of the Week. And, I mean, his abysmal 27% three-point shooting is just a factor in the other half of this Magic Munch of the Week and just the team's overall three-point shot. And, man, we can only just hope and pray that it gets better. But I'm going to I'm going to take a second here, or just a, a small moment, and I'm going to list off a handful of stats right now that this Orlando Magic team is in the top ten of. And you're going to hear this, and you're actually going to be shocked. I mean, I was shocked, honestly. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be shocked to hear this. And this just makes me feel even better about the prediction that I 
about the predictions that I have presented for this Magic team and this season. The Magic are first overall in the NBA in total steal differential. The Magic are seventh overall right now in total points differential. The Magic are sixth overall right now in total rebound differential. The Magic are ninth right now in total assist differential. The Magic are third right now in points allowed per game. The Magic are third in offensive rebounds allowed per game. The Magic are second in forced turnovers per game. The Magic are second in steals per game. And the Magic are sixth in rebounds per game. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine categories. Nine pretty important categories right now that the Magic are top ten in. Now, I'm just going to keep that in mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this note. Oh, I have made this note, but I'm going to mark this note. And come midseason, I'm going to come back to this, and I'm going to compare where the Magic are. And then we're really going to have a solid answer as to whether or not this team is going to live up to the predictions and the expectations that I have for them. Honestly, they will. Um, now, I'm just going to round out this injury, or this injury, this episode with some injury news. Um, Jonathan Isaac, of course, once again, um, he has a hamstring issue, has been out um, for a game or so, um, is out tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. Just when he started playing again, just when he started making an impact, he's a huge reason this Magic's defense is as good as it is right now. I mean, um, in those nine stats or nine statistical categories I just listed off, one, two, three, four, five, six of them have to do with defense, and Jonathan Isaac plays a huge part in all six of those statistical categories. So we've seen it time and time, and time again with him. It's sort of just defined his career, but we can only hope and pray that it's something minor and he'll be back out there healthy as soon as possible. Markel Fultz, very, very unfortunate. You don't want to see this at all. Uh, doesn't seem to be anything major. Just seems to be like a day-to-day, game-to-game type thing. Has a knee issue. Kerry Harris, same thing as far as day-to-day, game-to-game type shit. Is dealing with a groin injury. Then Wendell Carter Jr., this is the biggest one so far. Expected to miss at least three weeks. Has to get surgery on his hand. That's huge. That really sucks. I mean, if we can keep getting production out of Wagner and... Um, Dot say the way we are, we'll be able to manage for three weeks. But I was really enjoying and really impressed with the start that Wendell Carter Jr. got out to. And the chemistry between him and Franz Wagner was there. And it was apparent very early and very often. And I just hope that it doesn't put a wrench in any of that with him missing. It might be up to a month. You know, it might be up to a month. But the Magic are sitting right now, like I said, in fourth place with a nice 4-2 and two record. Both of those losses on the road. We have some tough games coming up, but we also have some winnable games coming up. We play the Hawks. We play the Pacers coming up this month, but we also play the Nuggets. We also play the Mavericks, you know, and we also start the the NBA in-season tournament this month. We have like three group stage games or some shit. I really still don't even know much about that in-season tournament. And all I know is that I saw one game the other night and the fucking court looked terrible. I don't know what the fuck I was looking at. And I saw another graphic with all the teams in the league in their courts for this in-season tournament. 
and I just want to puke. Um, but yeah, we also play the Bucks coming up, dude. That's gonna be tough. Like I said, we play the Mavericks, we play the Nuggets, but we also play the Wizards. We also play the Pacers. We also play the Bulls. Some very winnable games. Some very tough games as well. I would be very, very satisfied. I'd be very, very happy if by the time that December came, this Magic team was sitting right around. I mean, honestly, like eight and six, nine and five. Nine and five might might be a little much. I mean, honestly, not really, dude. I. I think we beat Atlanta. I think we beat Chicago. I think we can beat Indiana. We also play the Hornets. We also play the Wizards. I mean, that's five games right there alone this month that I wholeheartedly believe that we can win. And that puts us to nine right there. Then, like I said, we play the Nuggets. We play the Bucks. We play the Mavericks. That's three games. So I could I could legitimately see us being like a nine and five and eight and six come December time. And if that's the case, man. I will be very happy. I will be very satisfied with that. But that's going to do it for me in this episode of Magic Mondays. Thank you so much for everybody tuning in and joining me in this episode today. Shout out to all the boys on this pod as well. Trevor, Logan, Brady, Caden. Miss you guys. It's been a minute since I've seen you. But we're still doing our thing. They're dropping their content. Make sure you guys go check that out. They've been dropping some movies and some discography. If I said that right, I always butcher that word content along with the nfl content that we keep dropping week in and week out but the show's been great dude the show's been popping off you guys have been showing so much love lately it's crazy we can't thank you guys enough and just know that we are never going to stop we are never going to stop make sure you guys stay awake make sure you guys check out all of our socials at tea time reports thank you all for tuning in have a nice night i will see you next time peace